This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. In a word, frauds. And I'm not talking about us. It's Carlin versus Joe <laughs> on ESPN Radio, on Sirius XM Channel 80, on your smart speaker on this Monday. Joseph Fortenbaugh, good morning. How goes the battle? Good morning to you, sir. And the battle goes quite well. It was an up and down weekend. We had some success in college football. We were up and down with the NFL, but a very enjoyable weekend, a very enjoyable T-ball game on Saturday. Mm -hmm. The weather out here in Las Vegas has been fantastic. Monday night football in my own personal backyard tonight. Very excited for today. I'd imagine the Rutgers-Wisconsin game went well. How were the cheese curds? Uh, The cheese curds hit the spot. That was for sure. Got myself a nice steak, which I have not done in quite some time. And uh, going out to dinner Friday night, everything was just uh, peachy and unfortunately come up a little short, but things are getting better. I can right. see that for sure. I cannot say the same for the Dallas Cowboys. I use the word frauds, and that's exactly what they prove themselves to be. Joe, I have to say, I was wrong when I told you that the 49ers were going to win by three touchdowns. <laughs> It was four and a half touchdowns. Dear God, that was a tail kicking of the highest order. And the Cowboys are exactly what we thought they were. And that is not nearly as good as the Eagles or the San Francisco 49ers. And the 49ers from front to back just embarrassed them. I mean, there was a point I actually thought at 14-7 when... We had the touchdown pass from Dak Prescott to Turpin. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. Well, let's talk about the other day. If they're going to have a chance, Dak is going to have to make a play. And before I blink, it's 21-7. You just hand it right back. That defense is not nearly as good. Obviously, Dak was atrocious in throwing three picks. But frankly, game was already over by that point. They couldn't run the ball. Gee, who told you that was going to happen? Joe, in every which way, the Cowboys just proved that yet again, this is just another Cowboys team that will be disappointing in the end, and that is a fraud overall if people are talking about them as a top NFC team. Yeah, there's no reason to ever believe they're anything other than what we've seen over the last decade plus. They've, they've never done anything to demonstrate otherwise. They can beat up on bad teams. They can put up some glamour numbers. And then they can try to convince you that throughout that process, things are different. But ultimately, things are always the same with them. And you have these measuring stick games. And that's what we've been calling this for them for the better part of four weeks. You know, we looked at the schedule after they humiliated the Giants in week one. And we came right out and said, all right, the biggest game they're going to have in the foreseeable future is week five at San Francisco against the Niners. That's the measuring stick game. They failed in every which way. Failed in every which way to let you once again understand and know they're not going anywhere. They are not a team that is capable of winning the NFC unless they win the division. Because if you don't win the division, that means three playoff games as a wild card. It means three road playoff games as a wild card. And it means the last two of those games would require you going through some combination of San Francisco and Philadelphia and beating both those teams on the road, which you are not capable of doing. They failed everywhere. Let's start with the defense. The defense through the first four weeks of the season allowed a grand total of 41 points. We thought this was a legit group. They gave up 42 last night. They are not a legit group. They might be above average, but they're certainly not a great unit. They got pushed around all over the field. Let's talk about the quarterback. 
we can end that conversation right here. Yeah. Prescott now has three touchdowns and six interceptions in his last three games against the 49ers. He's not a big game quarterback. Again, he can beat up on teams like the lousy Giants and the Jets. He's not going to beat up or play well against anyone good when it matters. And then finally, there's coaching. And that was the biggest failure last night. Once again, Mike McCarthy failed in every which way as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. His team wasn't ready to play. Here's what the first quarter looked like in last night's Sunday night game if you missed it. Time of possession. Keep in mind, this is a 15-minute quarter. Time of possession. Niners, 12 minutes and 9 seconds. Cowboys, 2 minutes 51 seconds. The Cowboys committed 4 penalties for 30 yards in the opening quarter. They had a turnover and they were 0 for 2 on third down. The Niners came out took the ball, went seven plays, 75 yards in three minutes and 50 seconds to go up 7 nothing. Dallas responded by going three and out, gaining one yard, taking up 50 seconds of the clock, and punting. They were not prepared for that game in any way, shape, or form. Mike McCarthy failed. Mike McCarthy should be the story. We already know what Dak is, but somehow we tend to think that maybe McCarthy is just better because of that Super Bowl win from how many years ago? He's not. His team wasn't ready to go last night, and that was very evident. Here he is after the game. Well, I think it's a it's a punch in the gut. It's a kick in the ass, whatever, whatever phrase you want to put on it. But, you know, I think it's clearly, but you you look at how the season's gone. Um, you know, we, we've been knocked down. I mean, clearly, they, they, they beat us in all three phases. So, um, and, you know, I think we, we will clearly acknowledge it, and I'm not a burn-to-take guy, and I, I think that's a crock. Um, we're not going to do that. We're going to go through it, make sure we're clear on, on exactly, you know, what the expectation are. Make sure we're giving giving our players what they need to be successful. So um, they, they they played extremely well, and, and we did not. And and you know, it was really in the areas of basics, really in the areas that I thought we had, we had taken a step as, as a team. So um, yeah, I, I I didn't see this coming. And you were wrong. You were wrong. They have not taken right. a step as a team. And you know what, Joe? They got punked on defense. Just completely punked. I mean, you got run over. 170 yards rushing. Pushed around like you were nothing up front with what is an average 49ers offensive line. Average. It is not very good. It is not nearly as good as it was last year. And they just ran roughshod over you. And then there's Brock Purdy. And there are so many wonderful things to say about what he's doing but let's be real too the cowboys did not challenge him in any way that was as if oh this is just i read a quote from him in peter king's column this morning he's like oh you just figure out on every level it's just football and he was out there playing like oh this is just football he was out there like throwing it around like it was flag football on a saturday afternoon in the park And and he absolutely embarrassed them from top to bottom. And then I hear comments like this from Micah Parsons, and I just can't take it. You got to learn how to take a punch. We got punched in the face tonight, and that's just the reality of it. I'm not shying from it. We got beat up in all phases. I mean, and that's just the reality of it. So the psych, it it can't really drop because I think I understand, like, like I said, no champion hasn't been battle tested. Sometimes you get knocked down. Sometimes you lose a couple rounds. Sometimes you lose a fight. But it's about how you return after. How do you face adversity? How do you get better? How do you not let this control you? Control you get. The, that's the thing. I get tomorrow. Yeah, you say all those things. That's fine. But this is not one of those situations, Joe, where you look at what happened last night and you say, "Well, 
Cowboys will get another shot at him in the playoffs, and next time it'll be different. And that's what they're trying to tell themselves this morning. Not with what I saw last night. That was one team that was infinitely better than the other team. Case closed. Without a shadow of a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt. The Cowboys are that fifth-grade schoolyard bully that picks on the third and second graders. Yeah. And they they have a lot of success in that regard. Mm -hmm. Third and second graders in this analogy being teams like the New York Giants. And then the equally sized fifth grader steps up to that bully, just smacks him around. And then the bully goes into hiding because he's not beating up on the little kids anymore. That's what this is. I mean, that's that's what Dallas is. Parsons is sitting there talking about how they couldn't respond to getting punched in the mouth. Here's how you respond. You come out there, you're on the road, they have the ball first. They're a very good offense. Kyle Shanahan on the script is as good as any coach in the NFL. They come right down the field. I mean, they just mow you down and put you as a defense right in your place. So here's how you respond. You have a really high-paid quarterback behind an above-average offensive line with plenty of weapons at his disposal, and his job now is to lead that team down the field in some regard. You might not get seven, you might not even get three, but you got to move the ball down the field a little bit, give your defense time to rest, maybe get in the good field position, and if you have to punt, pin them deep, start over. That's okay. You can't get run over as a defense on the opening drive and then have the high-paid quarterback come out behind the above-average offensive line with plenty of weapons and gain one yard and go three and out. Like, that, that's, that is Bush League at its absolute finest. That is the complete inability to engage with someone on a high level and get into a real football game with them. Everything you know about the Dallas Cowboys was just once again proven last night. I would love to find some sort of silver lining to have some creative little take here for why it's not so bad for Dallas. The only reason it's not so bad for Dallas is if you're a realist, you knew this was probably going to happen and that this is the type of team you have. You have a head coach who's not going to outcoach the good coaches in the NFL. You got a quarterback who's not going to outplay the good quarterbacks in the NFL. And that one element of your team that you thought was championship caliber, your defense, got absolutely trucked last night by the San Francisco 49ers. There's no silver lining here for the Cowboys. You are who we thought you were. You're probably going to the playoffs. You're not going anywhere past the divisional round. You know what they also did, Joe, is they're not further up on the pedestal like they were before in terms of levels, tiers. We had them on tier two. They're not in tier two. The Detroit Lions are better than the Cowboys right now. The Miami Dolphins are better than the Cowboys. We can look at plenty of teams. The Kansas City Chiefs, like, they're, they're tier three. I mean, I look at the NFC. I can't prove yet that the Tampa Bay Bucks aren't on the same level as the Cowboys. I can't prove that yet. They had the day off, but three and one, I listen, they have played better than I would have expected, but where's the argument? I, I don't see where it is. What happened last night is they were completely exposed in every single way every way carlin versus joe espn radio sirius xm channel 80 we want you to be a part of carlin versus joe nation on the dr pepper call in line 888-SAY-ESPN 888-729-3776 ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper it's not college football season without the delicious taste of a nice cold Dr. Pepper the one fans deserve I welcome we welcome especially cowboy fans to call in today not for us to sit here and and make fun of you or anything like that you've got enough people in your lives doing that right right what I invite you to do, what we invite you to do, 
is to call in and explain why this is going to get better or why they are better than they showed last night without saying anything that is remotely emotional in it. That's what I'd like to hear. I'd like to hear actual facts that would back it up. Because what we saw last night was a paper tiger at best. Fair? Fair. Hit us up. 888-SAY-ESPN. Just like Dak Prescott, another franchise quarterback is showing us, and more importantly, his head coach, who he is. We are headed for a divorce on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This was a surprise. It was an annihilation. It was an abomination. And it was a big surprise. It's a punch in the gut. It's a kick in the ass. Whatever, whatever phrase you want to put on it. Called a couple of weeks ago, humbling against Arizona. But this may be the most humbling game I've ever been a part of. You gotta learn how to take a punch. We got punched in the face tonight, and that's just reality of it. No champion hasn't been battle tested. That wasn't punch. That was a haymaker. That was that was a that was basically a, a third round knockout. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. We asked, you answered. Cowboy calls rolling in right now on the lines that are open at 888-SAY-ESPN. Here is Todd up first in Nebraska on ESPN Radio. Todd, go, brother. What do you got? Well, here's what I got. One, I'm standing in a field in Nebraska, which is pretty grim as it is, but looking at the Cowboy future is even more grim. Fellas, again, I'm in Nebraska. I'm a huge Cowboy fan. Since the man with the hat on the sideline, Mr. Landry, Staubach, Walt Garrison, you're talking to a purebred blood, huge fan. It is not going to get better, guys. I'm not here to, 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 to espouse that. If the, if, if the season ends now, that would be good. My question to you guys is, every year I hear the Cowboys are talented on paper. 
we apparently have set the bar low for what the word talent means. I want to understand that because I hear it every year. We've got it on paper. We've got it on paper. Throw it away. Then give me the most untalented team in the world and put them on the field because I am sick. I'm Todd Martin O'Keefe. I'm Irish. I'm in Nebraska. Please, guys, define to me what talent means on paper because I don't understand. It doesn't translate into winning games. Joseph, bottom line is look at who the general manager is. That's my problem. Well, yeah, good. Now, when it's the owner and he's the one calling all the shots, that's where you run into trouble. And it's just more than anything wanting to be the guy responsible in the end for winning the whole thing. That's it. And it hasn't worked. Yeah, like anything else, top down. Any other organization where you go to the top and the people making the decisions aren't the savviest of football minds, they might end up making mistakes. And those mistakes will trickle down. It all starts with the fact that Jerry wants to be so involved that he's going to make the personnel decisions and all that. Fine, it's your team. You can do what you want. But at least hire a head coach to cover up your issues. And McCarthy's not that guy. McCarthy's not going to outcoach the talent on the field. Mike Vrabel will outcoach the talent he has on the field. There are other coaches that are going to get the absolute most out of the talent they have on the field. McCarthy's not that guy. And then for McCarthy, you give him a quarterback who's not capable of outplaying poor coaching. Like Prescott's not going to cover up McCarthy's weak spots and McCarthy's not going to cover up Prescott's weak spots. So you have issues from a personnel standpoint with Jerry making the decisions. You hire a head coach who's not able to cover up those deficiencies. And then you have a quarterback who's not able to cover up the coach's deficiencies. So, yeah, things are going to fall through the cracks and games like this are going to happen. There's no way around it. I mean, you look at Prescott's performance last night, 68% completions, 265 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Oh, no, wait, I'm sorry. That's what Josh Dobbs did against the Niners defense. (laughs) Sorry about that. I had that one confused. That was Josh Dobbs of Arizona and what he did against the Niners defense. Prescott completed 10% fewer of his passes, only 58%. He threw for a buck 53 in a game where you got blown out, so the garbage time number should at least be there. One touchdown, three picks. Remember at the beginning of the week when Prescott came off the uh, game last week and some reporter asked him a question about the Niners and he got all testy? Thanks for that. Thanks for that. Like reminding him about how he played like it's going to fuel him this week. What fueled him? He was awful. He didn't make a single play all night long. And listen, he basically admitted we didn't expect that. And in some way, that says to me that you you weren't ready. No. You weren't ready. You weren't even close to ready. You weren't ready. Let's go to Frazier, Virginia next, ESPN Radio. Frazier, what do you got, bud? Hey, I just want to say I've been a Dallas, diehard Dallas fan since 1970. Right now, I give Descott the benefit of the doubt. But now, it's, I'm with everybody else. He's not the quarterback for Dallas. Whenever the lights are the brightest, he shrinks. He's just Ro- Tony Romo 2.0. I think it's time to move on from Dak Prescott. You yearn for the days of Tony Romo. I mean, let's be clear. You yearn for those days. <laughs> There's no doubt that you yearn for those days, comparatively speaking. I I can't get over the fact that it, it just is not that hard to understand what a game plan should be going into that. And when you say we're just going to stick to what we do and we don't adapt to the fact that this is a Niners defense that is not going to just simply let you run the ball. I mean, we're not sitting here telling you you got to throw it 50 times. But 
you have to understand, this is not walking in and playing against the Giants and you can run it down their throats. It's not. And that's what it looked like to me. When when a quarterback only throws for 150 yards, and what did he throw it, 24 times? 25 times maybe? I mean, when that's the case, you got to at least get that number up around 30. you got to take some chances. But at the same time, he was awful. So what are you supposed to do? Well, the thing is, they only had the ball for 22 minutes. You 22.55, yeah. so I should say 23 minutes. You and I talked about this on Friday. Full disclosure, I picked the Cowboys plus the points in this game. Full disclosure, I had it. Swing and a miss. It's going to happen in gambling. You move on. You move on. We got a Monday night game tonight. We got plenty of action for you coming your way. This train stops for no one. Okay? Yes. But that being said, you, you, we talked about this. The way the Niners just... The entire Niner mantra is basically that they are just going to dictate the terms of every game they play. They have built a team that is going to play their style of football, and you are going to be forced into it. And the only way you're going to beat them is if you can somehow turn the table. They want to run the ball. They want to drain the clock. They want to hold possession because the longer the offense is on the field, it keeps their defense rested. And if the defense is rested, those pass rushers led by Nick Bosa can get after you for four full quarters. (laughs) Dallas's defense was MIA the whole game, but especially in the second half because they were out of gas. Michael Parsons and those guys were on the field for 37 minutes. How are you going to get a stop when you're on the field for 37 minutes? I I couldn't even fathom the fact that that they were as bad as they were with Dak holding onto the football so long in so many instances. Not the Bosa sack, but some of those plays where Fred Warner's coming up on him. Get rid of the football, dude. You got all day. Dear Lord, Glenn, in Atlantic City, New Jersey is next. ESPN Radio. Glenn, go. Huge Steelers fan, and I am, I can't believe. Sometimes I watch the Steelers, and I know they got a win. Everybody talks about getting a win in the NFL is big. But if you watch the game, it's so ugly. Our defense keeps us in it against average to bad teams. We get blown out by Houston and San Francisco. I mean. Well, but you got blown out by San Francisco because, as we saw last night, the 49ers are just flat-out better. You know? The Steelers thing, we'll get to that in a bit. The 49ers proved to you last night that they are just better. And I'll even say this, Joe. You know what my thought process has been throughout this about 49ers versus Eagles and who is the best team. And until the Eagles get knocked off, I have been sticking by that. Last night made me rethink that. Oh, really? We've Last restructured night, the NFC. Yeah, I mean, I, put it this way. If I had to go and play one of those two teams today, I'd rather play the Eagles. I mean, that's how dominant and destructive they look. Amazing. You've got two great teams at the top of the NFC, and then there's not a whole lot else. If you are going to be a non-one or two seed Good luck because your road is going to run through both those cities and trying to knock off those two teams on the road in consecutive weeks. I don't know if there's anyone in the business capable of doing that right now. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. There is one team that could be getting closer and closer to benching their future Hall of Famer. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Handoff, Brees Hall, right up the middle, bust three to the 35-40, he's loose at the 50, right sideline 40, Brees Hall at the 20, 10, 5, house call, that's a Jet touchdown! Russell Wilson being chased, he'll be sacked, the ball pops out, loose on the far side, and scooped up, Brees Hall runs down the right sideline, at the 10, 5, touchdown! Racked up over 400 yards on him, put up 31 points, it's on that front. Great call by Bob Wischusen on 98.7 ESPN in New York. And, Joseph, I think we could just start right here when it comes to the Denver Broncos and the New York Jets yesterday. The Jets, of course, getting the win. But let's just start with a damning statement from Robert Sala about facing Russell Wilson. Like I said, you know, the, the uh, say this the right way, um, they were getting us on a lot of screens, and the quarterback was running, getting a lot of yardage with his feet. And uh, and so it was just a matter of just taking out the screen game, taking out the uh, QB scramble, make him play quarterback. Felt like the way they were calling it wasn't letting him play quarterback, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> just let him play quarterback. And the way they were calling it, they weren't letting him play quarterback. But once we did that, we were going to be just fine. And they were. And Russ became the same Russ we've seen here the last couple of years. And Sean Payton could not have looked more aggravated at Wilson at the end of the game when as he is coming off the field after coughing up the football, Payton says to him, the running back was your hot, as in your hot read, and you were going to throw it, basically saying, why didn't you throw it to him? And Russ just walked right past him. They are headed for divorce in this ugly situation in Denver. Is Russ uncoachable? Like, I'm starting to wonder, it's not going well between him and Peyton. It really didn't go well between him and Hackett. And the franchise that he went to two Super Bowls with, winning one, had no problem trading him while he was still apparently close to or in the prime of his career. I mean, we now have, this is like the Carson Wentz thing. I'm not trying to compare him to Wentz. Just look at Wentz's situation. There was the fallout in Philly. We weren't really sure who to blame because Wentz had played pretty well. And the Eagles, you know, maybe there had been some sort of mistake. Maybe they were being impetuous. We don't know. But then he went to Indy and that flopped. And then he went to Washington and that flopped. And the common denominator is him. Clearly, Philly made the right decision. You know, the fact that Seattle couldn't get him out the door fast enough in that massive trade with Denver and then it didn't work with Hackett, and, and now it's not working with Sean Payton. Like, how uncoachable is this guy? Because it doesn't really seem like he's responding to much, right? Like, through five games, this is not going well. If you follow Russell Wilson's career, college and pro, 
he has always relied on his instincts first and foremost above everything else. And his instincts also involve how much he's going to use his feet, right? Joey can't do that anymore. He's not that same level of quarterback. He has to be coached. He has to play the position. He cannot make nearly as many plays on the run as he used to make. And it's just a fact of life in the game. And he doesn't seem to want to embrace that at all. You know what it is, to your point? To Russ, Russ has never been wrong. That's what it feels like. Russ has never been wrong. And when he is out there playing that way and he burns past the coach after that kind of a turnover, that's exactly what he's thinking. I'm out there. You're not that that I'm climbing inside of his head right now. But that's what it looks like to me. And dear God, that's such a a loser, loser mentality at this juncture of his career. He's got to recognize the situation and you have an offensive head coach who is trying to make you better, and you're not listening to him? Come on. I mean, where this gets odd, and this is where you got to be careful with some of the stats, but statistically this season, he hasn't been that awful. Just as you break down pure statistics. Oh, no, his I mean, stats up until last week were as good as Mahomes, basically. I mean, his quarterback rating is 106.1. There are only three quarterbacks who have put up a better number. Brock Purdy, Tua Tungavailoa, and Justin Herbert. He's got 11 touchdowns to two interceptions. He's completing 67% of his passes. I mean, all the way around, his numbers are up from last year, so he's playing better in this offense. I think a lot of our focus is on the fact that you know, we thought we'd get more from Sean Payton and the team looks like a disaster. We thought we'd see more from Russell Wilson. It's not that great. I mean, ultimately, it feels like it comes down to a big part of this problem is the Denver defense. I mean, they're, they, they've got problems everywhere, but Denver's defense this year, they're getting nothing done. I mean, Zach Wilson just hung 31 on them. That's completely inexcusable. They gave up 28 to the Chicago Bears the week before, 70 to Miami in week three. The Commanders put 35 on them with a huge second half, and then they only gave up 17 to the Raiders, but they lost that game at home. So our focal point will be on the high-priced, you know, big-name coach and the big-name high-priced quarterback. Defensively, they are an absolute disaster. They might be the worst defense in the league right now. Well, I don't think there's a might be about it. Jake might be out of it. They are giving up. Four more points a game than anybody else. You're giving up 36 points a game. That's embarrassingly bad. They're giving up 450 yards a game. That's 50 yards more than anybody else. I mean, Joe, they are giving up 190 yards a game rushing. Hold on a sec. Hold on a sec. Yeah, I've confirmed. That's not very good. Exactly. I just confirmed that. I'm glad they clarified. And when you do that against the Jets, like, listen, I, I know people want to feel better about Zach Wilson, and that's that's fine. There are still things there that you look at and you're shaking your head, and you're like, that's going to cost them. And at some point, I expect the Jets to go into their bye here at 2-4. and four. They're not going to beat the Eagles this coming week. Having said all of that, this divorce is in the offing between those two. The defense is a major, major problem. You think they miss Vic Fangio now? Yeah, I think so. Without a shadow of a doubt. (laughs) Oh, my God. Without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, you look at the way they've played this year. They lose a real tight game at home to the Raiders. 
on the surface, it's not bad until you realize since then the Raiders have beaten nobody and the Raiders look like they could be headed for a coaching change. Week two, you blow a double-digit lead at home against the Commanders, who aren't very good. Week three, you give up 70 to Miami in the worst blowout the NFL has seen in quite some time. Week four, you need a massive comeback to get past a Chicago team that's probably going to be drafting first overall. And then week five, you give up 31 to Zach Wilson in the Jets, getting outscored 23-8 to in the second half. The second half has been awful for this football team this year. So Peyton's going to find a way to put all of this on Russ. But the further Peyton gets away from Drew Brees, the worse he looks as a head coach. Because it's not as if he's got this team firing on all cylinders and it's only Russ that's giving them problems. They're blowing leads. They're losing close games. Their offense can't get points when they need them. Second half against Washington. Defense can't get stops when they need it pretty much every single game this season. It's a disaster right now. Sean, Sean Payton has done a really poor job with this team so far this season, and it's not all on Russ. Yeah, but there is somebody that says, to this whole situation, disaster, Sean Payton, hold my beer. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Patriots quick snap and then Jones pitches oh, it off the shoulder pad of Steve nice Knight, and the fumble is recovered by the Saints. The Patriots tried to hurry and Jones ricocheted one off the chest of Stevenson. Really just not being ready to go, I guess. Can't play like that. Not good enough. You strongly have to start considering has he lost the ear of the locker room? Is he still your quarterback going forward? Yeah, there's a lot of problems. It certainly wasn't all him. 72 to 3. 72 to 3. The last two weeks, the New England Patriots have been outscored 72 to 3. Holy crap. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. We knew the defense or the offense was atrocious, Joe. We knew it was absolutely horrible. We have known that for quite some time, and the Patriots have scored three points the last two weeks. What we did not know was just how bad the defense could be once they lost Christian Gonzalez and Matthew Judon. And it is really getting, I mean, we were talking about historically bad the last couple of weeks here, and specifically what we've seen with the Broncos defense. They have given up the second most points through five weeks ever. Bill Belichick has had the two worst losses of his career, Joe, in back-to-back weeks. We could talk about points scored if you want. I'd rather talk about points allowed. 34 and 38 points in back-to-back weeks. Wow. This was the uh, most shocking result of the weekend. Because you look at it and some people say, well, yeah, the Patriots. The Patriots are a favorite in this game. Like They were a favorite to win this game. Favorites get beat all the time. Don't get me wrong. Buffalo went down yesterday. Baltimore went down yesterday. Neither one of them got run off the road by 34 points at home, right? At least the Ravens were on the road. At least the Bills were in London. 
By a boringly points. average team, we might add. By yeah, a boringly com- average team. Completely run off the road. Last week, like you said, 38-3. That is the worst loss in Bill Belichick's head coaching career. He improved this week to just the second worst coaching performance of his career. I, I, I think the thing that sums it up most for me is the fact that Belichick just got outcoached by Dennis Allen, who is 18 and 40 in his career as an NFL head coach. Wow. It's not like a good team came into your house and blew you out. The Saints are average by virtually every metric. They're an average team. They're not terrible, but they're certainly not great. We saw them blow the lead against Green Bay. We've seen them in some tight games against Carolina, Tennessee. Uh, they're not that great. They, they, they just let Tampa Bay come into their house off a Monday night game, so it was a short week. Tampa was a three-and-a-half-point dog. They came in and beat them. So this isn't a very good Saints team. They rolled into your house. They smoked you by 34. They shut you out. I mean, listen to this offensive production. Zero points, 156 total yards, one of 14 on third down. How the hell are you one of 14 on third down? The Saints had 12 penalties. You couldn't get one offsides on a third and four that gives you an automatic first down. Mm. There wasn't one bump in coverage that gave you an automatic first down. You held the ball for 20 minutes and 26 seconds, which is putrid. And that was New Orleans' fourth largest shutout in franchise history. Like, Belichick isn't just losing He's getting humiliated, and it's happening weekly. And I know they can point to the defensive injuries they've got right now. Well, they didn't look all that great before the injuries. And on offense, he has done nothing to develop a first-round quarterback that he drafted three years ago. So I, I, this was the most shocking of every result yesterday because had they lost, fine. That's not going to surprise me. But to get run out of your own stadium 34 nothing by Dennis Allen and the Saints – I, I, Carlin, does it get worse? No. Can it possibly get worse? I, I, I don't think so. How, so. how do you fix it? Here's I don't Bill. even know what that looks like. I don't know what worse looks like. Who do they even play next week? I'm so done looking at their schedule. Like yesterday, I told, I told you, I was, so I was sitting with a, a friend who is a Patriots fan on Friday night, and I said, you could not pay me to watch that game on Sunday. You could literally not pay me to do it. They've got the Raiders this coming Sunday in Vegas, followed by Buffalo at Miami, Washington, and Indianapolis. Can it be worse? It can't be worse against the Raiders. I mean, that game at the Raiders, I don't even know what to make of that game. I mean, I have no idea. Here's here's Belichick, by the way, on how they fix it. All right, well, obviously it was a... Four performance today here, so I mean, just plain and simply, we got to find a way to you know play and coach better than that. And so that's what we're gonna do: start all over and uh, get back on a better track than we're on right now. Coach, when so many things go wrong, where do you start? What where do you prioritize fixing the problems? Yeah, that's what I just said. And start over again. Yeah, see, here's the thing. That media stuff that he did in the past, that was kind of affable to an extent because they were so good and there was so much respect for him and the organization that when they had the the off night and he just did the on the Cincinnati thing, we all laughed. It's not really funny anymore. Like when you're a jerk to people, it's not really funny when you're getting your rear end kicked. The other way, it's kind of humorous because you're calling the shots. You're not calling the shots now. People really want answers as to what's going on. They really would like to know what's going on with this football team. Because they're terrible right now. Absolutely terrible. With Belichick, it all comes down to the Harvey Dent line, man. You either die the hero or you live long enough to become the villain. And that's what's going to happen in New England. He's not dying the hero. He's going out the villain. Yeah. And 
why shouldn't he at this point with how poorly constructed the team is? It's poorly constructed. And, I mean, we can say that now on both sides of the ball because as great of a player as Judon is, Gonzalez was just starting to show how good he could be. You're going to tell me that that defense yesterday should give up 34 points or, or 27 with the pick six to the New Orleans Saints? No. Absolutely not. Not if you're supposed to be that good. Not if you're like I could treat last week like it was a one off in terms of giving up all those points. But listen to this. Belichick's team this year has given up four defensive touchdowns. It's tied for the most that he's ever given up in any entire season. And that's happened in five weeks. Matt Jones has the most pick sixes since the start of 2021 tied with Matthew Stafford. I mean, think about that for a second. That's how bad it is across the board. You brought these guys in, and your team is bad. And just for a moment, I want you to picture this. Picture sitting up in that owner's suite yesterday. Your team got your tails kicked 38-3 to the week before. An average team is coming in. It is a beautiful Sunday afternoon in New England-ish. And that happens. I mean, if you're Robert Kraft, how are you not thinking about making a big change at the end of the season? Are you uh, are, are you moving on from Jones as well in all this? Is this oh, is it I, possible? Jones has been dead to me for a while. Well, is it possible now that we see how poorly the team has been constructed and how poorly they've been coached up? I mean, let's be honest. Is it possible you say to yourself, you know what? Maybe Mac just isn't flourishing under Bill. Maybe Bill's the problem. And if you move on from Bill, you try with someone else on Mac, or you clean in the whole thing out. I'm cleaning the whole thing out. Mac Jones is a backup quarterback in the league. A good one, but Mac Jones is a backup quarterback in the league. You know, it, it, can, is there any proof to anything opposing that thought? I don't see it. I, I think Mac Jones is just a guy. Just a guy. And when you pick first-round talent consistently poorly and a lot of those guys turn out to be just a guy i have to look at the guy who's making those decisions you can't cover up the mistakes anymore with the talent belichick has always been great about getting the most out of what he has joe but at some point you have to be able to get the most out of great players too they feel like one of these teams that when the next coaching staff comes in, it's going to be a while before they're able to get anything going. Kind of like what happened with the Giants. I know Dayball Oh, it's going to be a dark period. But you're yeah. starting to realize right now with the Giants just how bad the David Gettleman era was in terms of stocking talent on the roster. Mm. And they're going through that spot right now. It feels like the team that comes in is going to need three years to really replenish what's going on there because there are very minimal, if any, bright spots. Oh, the Patriots are headed for their era of darkness once again. Welcome back to the late 80s, early 90s, because that's what this is going to be. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.